Hey Eagles fans, this is Chris Franklin from NJ Advanced Media and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast, the show where we discuss all things related to the Philadelphia Eagles. Before we begin, I want to remind you that you can read all of our content on nj.com slash eagles and make sure to bookmark that to get the latest Eagles news and analysis. Today, I'm once again joined by my No Huddle Show co-hosts, Bob Brookover and Caden Seal. On this episode, we'll talk about the Eagles drubbing that they received last Sunday night against at the hands of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll also talk about the, their continued offensive and defensive struggles and the confidence inside the court with the coordinators. But first off, Caden, Bob, how are you guys doing today? Doing, doing great. Well. Doing great, Chris. Ten days till Christmas. Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> Goodness, yeah. I have his, this is get, crazy. Gonna get no. to cover the, I'm going to get to cover the Giants again on Christmas. Just what I asked for. <laughs> <laughs> you were the one? Oh, the come one. on, man. Come on. You're getting cold for me. That's it. That's, that's a, it's official. I was, it was like, oh, you're getting cold this Christmas. A Christmas Day game? Nah, kidding. But uh, there we'll shall be back into There shall be merriment and joy. Oh, gosh. Chris, <laughs> oh. you got to be in better uh, spirits. You get to watch Tommy DeVito on Christmas. What a present that is, right? Right? Like, you can't get better than that on Christmas Day. Like, what are you complaining about? We get to watch Tommy DeVito. The Giants are in the playoff race. You know, he might have a little more of a competitive game there. Like uh, a big pizza pie. That's amore. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I'm a mean one, Mr. Grinch. That's what I'm feeling like right now. I'm having to be like that. <laughs> well, oh, get, us, Giants get us going, game. Grinch. Get us going. It's, it's a good time to be an Eagles fan and a Grinch. You're, you're green just like them. You know, oh, gosh. Thanks. Appreciate that. And then I'll get to smile. I got the Grinch smile going on right now. I'm going to figure out how to do this podcast. It's going to be great. That's kidding. Nah, everybody. Nah, but thank you guys for joining us today. Uh, I guess we'll get started with this talking about this 33 to 13 loss to the Dallas Cowboys. It wasn't pretty at all. No offensive touchdown was scored. The defense got run over again, allowing a lot of yards, uh, 394 to be exact. The sixth straight game that they have allowed, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, 394. Yeah, the six, the six straight games they allow three over 300 yards of defense against them. I, I guess I'll start, this is going to be a question for both of you guys. I'll start in the direction of Bob. Bob, what's the biggest thing that needs to be fixed with this team right now? Where, where do they go from here, offensively or defensively? Yeah, well, defensively, it, it definitely needs to be fixed. Offensively as well. Uh, but, you know, you, you, you quoted the numbers 472, 406, 326, 505, 456, and 394. That's in loud yards. And, and then you take the two uh, lopsided losses where they allowed points on 10 straight possessions. Uh, started with the last six for the 49ers. If you discount their kneel down possession and then continue with the first Cowboys, first four, four possessions of the first half, uh, you know, it's, you, you start allowing those kinds of numbers. You're going to, you're, you're just asking for trouble. It's a recipe for disaster. And, and it has been, uh, you know, and at the top of that, Problem is third down defense. Uh, yeah, red, red zone defense isn't good either. But you know, I think the two go hand in hand because if you're allowing a lot of lots of third downs. You're allowing teams to get into the red zone and then score. And their third down defense is the worst in the NFL. Uh, and you know, it, it it needs to be fixed. You know, one of the things I looked at on the, in those two games, those ten positions where they allowed scores, were so many of those third downs that they the, the other team converted were third and short uh you know and that means you're not doing well on first and second down defense either because you're allowing teams to get into third and manageable situations and then on those third down plays they're not just allowing first downs they're allowing huge chunks on third down uh 
And, you know, it's just it's it's been a disaster for the defense that needs to be fixed immediately. Yeah. What about and you, go- Caden? Yeah, going from, you know, Bob's perspective, I agree. The defense from, you know, a lot of people's perspectives, and it's a fair point, is the biggest concern on the team because they can't, you know, stop a cold, it seems right now. And a lot of things are going on. The defensive line isn't getting the pressure that they used to, even though they still have the talent. Uh, we know the you know the back end isn't exactly the you know the strong point of this team, and it, it wasn't supposed to be after the Chauncey Gunner Johnson and Marcus Epps walk. But, you know, the whole defensive construction was supposed to be the defensive line gets after it so much it makes up for the weaknesses in the back seven at linebacker and at safety, and it hasn't so far. But in that same sense, at, at this point, there's four weeks remaining in the season, and for the most part, this defense has been really inconsistent this year, and the personnel isn't exactly there. You have to go out and get Kevin Byard to fill a hole of safety. You have to sign Bradley Roby. You have to sign Shaquille Leonard. There's a ton of issues, and I'm not sure if I have any confidence at this point it will come together. We've seen defenses who've been really bad you know, figure it out in a season. Just look at the Denver Broncos this year. Give 70 points up to Miami. Seems like they figured things out, right? So it could happen, but in that, in that sense – the offensive struggles are more concerning to me because the way they you know, currently constructed on defense, they're going to have to be able to outscore teams. And they've been just playing really bad offense, especially the last two weeks, stretching back, you know, to San Francisco. They don't score twice in the red zone. The start that game, you know, that really changes, you know, the momentum. Uh they scored two touchdowns at the beginning of that game. It might be a different result. And then in the Cowboys game, you mentioned they don't score a touchdown. They fumbled the ball three times. Um, there's a leak quote, you know, out there this week talking about how, you know, the, the routes are slow to develop compared to Dallas's and just paraphrasing. But there seems to be a lot going on, you know, offensively right now where they have so much more talent than the defense. At least the defense, you can make some excuses, right? You can say uh, – the personnel hasn't been that good. The Kobe Dean's been hurt. They've had injuries throughout the year. Reed, uh, Reed Blankenship, you know, left that game, you know, the Dallas game. They've just been so hurt. There hasn't been any inconsistency on the back end. You have a lot more new pieces compared to the offense. What's your excuse on offense right now? You know, you have a different offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson, who's been criticized a ton. And, and, you know, rightfully so, because a lot of the, the personnel is the same. You still have Jalen Hurts. You still have A.J. Brown. You still have Devontae Smith. The only, your offensive line is the same other than Cam Jurgens, you know, is starting at guard now. Uh, Dallas Goddard is back. Uh, you make an upgrade at running back with DeAndre Swift. You still have Kenneth Gainwell. You still have all these pieces, and they haven't been able to figure it out. And it's more than just the Dallas game where they weren't able to score, and it just looked so funky. It wasn't just the Niners game. Even in the Chiefs and Bills game, you score seven points at halftime in both those games, 10-point deficit. You're digging your defense a bigger hole when you cannot, you know, sustain drives and score points or you give up drives by getting up, you know, by turning the ball over. And, yes, defensively they have more personnel issues, and I'm not sure if that can get fixed. And that's where, you know, the offense, you know, at this point, they still can get fixed because the personnel is there. But if they don't, they don't have any chance, you know, to, to win football games, especially in January, because they're going to need to outscore teams. And right now, the last two weeks have shown me they might not be able to, even though they have all the right pieces, it's just not gelling. 
And whether that's because they don't run enough motion, they don't get enough players you know, in space, or whether they're trying to take the big shot too often, this offense has been – you know, a slight disaster, even though the numbers indicate, you know, they're still a pretty good offense. They're top 10 in most numbers, points per game, yards per game, points per play. You know, they have a lot of the things going, red zone scoring their 10th. Like, but just from a pure dominating perspective, they just don't have it this year and they better figure it out pretty soon. And, and, and you guys make some very good points. And when I, when I just look at the team, I think overall, I think that's the most frustrated I've seen them be after that game you know especially looking through the locker room you hear Josh Sweat talking about how they have to play better along the defensive line and these guys have to help each other out instead of like each guy doing a thing I'm paraphrasing there when it comes to that and I think that's a big I think that looks a, a bigger issue that they have at large when you look at this team defensively as I see the I see the defensive line doing one thing and and, and they look they have one objective and then the back seven has another objective and it's just is the, the marrying between the two sides is not working well. And you, when you do that, you look both at the coordinators and you, you you have to look at Sean Desai on that. Offensively, I think it is a simple thing is getting make sure you're getting DeAndre Swift more touches. You had 11 the first – you had 11 last game against the Cowboys. You had eight the previous game, game against the San Francisco 49ers. Those are – that's a guy who – We've seen go off earlier in the season with, with with his rushing. You know, he almost got. He, you look at the first three weeks of the year, he was probably, if not one of, if not the best running back in the league. And then he's just disappeared in this offense. And so, just a matter of doing a little tweaks, make sure you are getting the ball a little bit more to him, sustaining that run game just a bit. You don't need to get eight, nine, ten yards a pop. Just go ahead and get three or four, and that's it. You are good. And, and three or four, and keep the defense honest, and opens up that offense a little bit more. So. I think that's the I think that's the biggest change that I've seen and that, that and differences I think this these side both sides of the ball have been have issues with and boy they better fix it quick because you know we, all of a sudden now you used to be in the first used to be in first place solely in terms of both the one seed and the NFC East now you're tied with the Cowboys for the division division lead and now you're number two in the conference right well number five technically right now in the conference because the Cowboys technically have a tiebreaker now but the San Francisco 49ers have that one spot and we know how important that is for the bye week and home field throughout so they got us uh, <laughs> it's a rough four weeks for them and they got a, what what used to be in their own control now they they got to need help they need help with it uh i guess i'll go to bob with this next question when you look at this job that Nick Sirianni has done. You've seen from afar, afar from the last couple of years, but also this year as well too. What does he have to do as a, a, a what? What is type of job if you think he's done this season? And what does he have to do to turn things around to get this team right again? Well, uh, you know, you can't argue with ten and three. And I, what he's in the last he's twenty six and seven over the last two seasons. Been to the playoffs in the first two years. Headed back there. Uh, it's hard to argue with the body of work that Nick Sirianni's put in. But the, at the moment. He's confronted with his biggest challenge of a head coach. He, you know, two and five as a as a rookie head coach. They, he brought them out of it. They made the playoffs. Uh, good for him. No, the expectations were nowhere close to what they are now. Uh, so it's a different animal altogether. Uh, you know, this team is expected to contend for a Super Bowl, make a deep playoff run, uh, was in position to do that, still is in position to do that. Uh, but it has to get things right. I 
actually liked what Sirianni did yesterday uh, by making the team put their pads on uh, and have a full practice rather than the, the typical start of the week walkthrough. Uh, I think that was a good start to this. You know, do something a little different. Don't, you know, the, the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Well, he, he did something a little different. Um now let's see if there's any impact back to that. He said one of the reasons he did it because they had extra time, which they do. Uh, this is the first week, you know, they're going to go with an opponent that has had the same amount of time off as they had. Um, so, you know, and then the Seahawks also had to travel after a Sunday, uh, late, late Sunday game. Well, it wasn't late out West coast, but, uh, but you know, this is the first time equal rest and, and all that. Um, but let's, let's see what happens there. And the question he was asked this week, which he really hadn't been asked before, you know, there have been a lot of questions about Brian Johnson and the play calling, but he was asked this week, you know, have you considered taking over the play calling? Uh, He said he is not. He has utmost confidence in both Brian Johnson and Sean Desai. Good for him. I, I like when coaches have confidence. He said he, he wants to keep his job in terms of managing all aspects of the team. Um, but if things don't go well offensively, I, I think last week was the first time Jalen Hurts led team did not score a touch offensive touchdown uh, since he's been in his 62 career starts. Um, and if things continue to go south against a defense that is maybe struggling even more than the Eagles defense right now, I think they gave up 512 yards to the 49ers on Sunday. Um, then maybe you have to, consider taking over the play calling but you know let, let let's see you know you don't you don't have to make that decision yet he did something a little different this week uh you know i i found you know you know sometimes you really got to listen to jalen hurts to get something out of him and he talked for a while yesterday and he basically gave his version of aaron Rodgers' don't panic by you know basically saying hey at some point you got to deal with this kind of stuff uh you have to expect it and this is how you grow as a team well let's see it it's time to put up nice good good stuff there Caden. when we look at these coordinators now they're under fire well both of them when you look at brian johnson the offensive coordinator brian johnson defensive coordinator sean desai both people they're under a lot of more scrutiny now than than they were earlier in the season some I mean, you look if you look at social media, both of them should be fired after that last game. I, I want to ask you, which coordinator do you th- have more confidence in right now, based on, on, on not only just what they've done this past earlier in the season, but also going forward here? It's a tough question, right, Chris? You posed, you know, if the answer could be neither, you know, that would be the easier answer because I don't have a lot. Of, <laughs> I don't have a lot of confidence in, uh, you know, both coordinators. Sim- in a similar sense, you know, both very inexperienced, and it seems like, you know, it's been a little too much, you know, for both of them, the defense and the offense, throughout the year. You know, this team is ten and three, but they've been playing the most inconsistent football throughout. You know, most of this, you know you know, the first 13 games that they played. And a lot of that has to do, there's two new coordinators. And I remember everyone last year, uh, it was hoping that Jonathan Gannon, you know, he got criticized and fairly, you know, against some, you know, in some big games against some big quarterbacks and, you know, in the Super Bowl as well, uh, his defense didn't really show up. And that was fair at the time, but the grass isn't always greener. That's the saying, right? And, you know, in Sean Desai, the defense has just been really bad this year. And the and with Brian Johnson, we're playing Stane Seiken. We've seen the job he's done with Indy. Uh, speaks to the, you know, 
the way that he was able to call the game for Jalen Hurts when he took over, you know, as the play caller. He did a great job, I and mean, it's been tough for Brian Johnson. So uh, neither, you know, coordinator's been able to replace the shoes of either of the guys that left last year, and so it's been really concerning. So I would go with neither. But if I had to pick one, if I just had to do it, and I had to, if I had to say a gut feeling of who's more likely to turn it around, you know, at some point this year, I would still go with Brian Johnson. And it might be tough to read, you know, or tough to understand that because the way the offense is playing with all the different pieces that they have. But from my perspective, you know, at least for him, you could argue it's his first time ever being an offensive NFL coordinator. It's his first time ever. He was the quarterback's coach before with Jalen Jalen Hurts the last few years, was an OC at Florida. But this is his first time in the NFL. You know, it's been – was about, you know, heading into week 15. It's been 14 week or 13 games he's been calling plays. And we all know when you, you, know, you first start a job, you know, sometimes, you know, there's there's some ups and downs. There's difficulty. It might take him a while, you know, a year to two to figure it out. And it, it might, you know, it's tough to say that when this team has Super Bowl aspirations right now. But he's young. He's got time to figure it out. And so so does Sean Desai in the sense. But he's been a defensive coordinator in the NFL before. This is his second go around. And, and from my perspective, he doesn't necessarily have the personnel to turn it around either. And if you don't know, I saw a great um, thread yesterday on Twitter and uh, I forget who made, I think it was uh, someone from Bellini Green Age, someone like that for, uh, once who breaks down film was talking about how Sean Desai continues. It might've been Shane Half, I think his name did like a, uh, just like a great film breakdown of how Sean Desai continues to not employ, uh, you know, his personnel in the best ways, especially when he doesn't have a lot to work with in the big, you know, to begin with. So it's just hard for me to believe that to have confidence in him, especially with the personnel he's working with currently. So I would go with Brian Johnson by default because, you know, this is his first time. And two, he's got a lot of talent to work with. So I think, you know, maybe eventually something clicks. He also has Nick Sirianni, he has, you know, who also should, you know, Get some of the blame for this. He still is an offensive mind, but there's a lot of different voices in that offensive room. And saw them have success last year. We've seen this offense turn it around before, even back in 2021, which I can you know start calling plays. Uh, like I, they they turned it around before. They found solutions. I'm just not sure on defense if Sean Desai will. And it's a tough answer. It really is. Especially after those those two uh, performances they let up, yeah, it's it, it's tough. I, I get where you're going, but you know what? They have to now prepare both those coordinators, whether struggling, not what have you. They have to prepare for the Seattle Seahawks coming up. Seahawks coming up a six and seven record. They're coming off their own loss, a 28-16 to the forty loss to the San Francisco 49ers. And I'll start with you, Bob. Bob, what do you have you seen from the San Francisco 49ers team, and, and what do you think? How do you think the Eagles will be able to attack them and do you think they'll come away with a win on Sunday? Yeah, you mean the Monday, Seahawks. Sorry, you mean the Seahawks, not 49ers, But I, yeah, I, I, I actually did that same thing in my story on Monday. I, I, confu- I wrote the Seahawks instead of the 49ers. Uh, so you know, this is a chance for the Eagles to feed off a team that is struggling mightily more than they are you know it, it, you sometimes forget everything is relative but the Seahawks have lost five out of six uh they are still four and two at home and you know their their home field advantage is legendary the 13th man or the 12th man I'm sorry uh you know they 
the you know they, they their fans are rowdy and loud and uh it's a great stadium it's a great atmosphere one i think maybe my favorite stadium in the nfl uh but they've also had 15 turnovers in their last nine games uh and their five losses they've lost five or six in the five losses they've averaged 12 points a game uh and, and I, I think they've had eight turnovers in those five losses they've only had 278 yards of offense um, the, the good news for them is that Geno Smith, it appears not Drew Locke will be quarterback. Uh, but you know, this is a very beatable team. He's been sacked 13 times in those five losses I talked about, uh, and had just an 86, seven passer rating. You know, this is a, this is a team that, and, and during that, those five losses, they've allowed 419 yards a game and, and 30 points a game. So this is a chance for the Eagles to get healthy. Uh, you know, the thing I like about it is it's not, you know, there's a degree of difficulty here still involved. You're not going into to some pushover team. You're not going uh, to play the Carolina Panthers or the New England Patriots or, or the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, you know, you're going to play a team that's tough at home, uh, has still has playoff aspirations and a, a solid quarterback and Geno Smith and really good receivers. Um, so it, it, it's a tough game and it's a challenging game, but it's one the Eagles should win and should get healthy. Um, let's see if they can take advantage of it. If they can't, well, then uh, the problems are much bigger than uh, anybody realizes because that, it would be a horrible, horrible thing for the Eagles to lose three in a row uh, and really lose control of many, many things. <laughs> and what about you, Caden? You, 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 you want my pick now, too? Oh, we'll say the picks for the end. We'll, we'll get the picks at the end and do that okay. one, too. Okay. Uh, Caden, what, okay, what do you think about it? Yeah, you know, this is a, obviously a big game, you know, for both teams. As Bob mentioned, Seattle's still, you know, in the mix of the NFC wildcard picture and – Teams aren't really separating in that mix, so they need this game just as bad as the Eagles. And it's almost a battle of two teams that have been heading in the you know in the wrong direction. Seattle for a little bit longer over this stretch of games, lost to the 49ers, Cowboys, 49ers. That's a tough three-game stretch. I don't think Seattle is as bad as that six and seven record indicates. They haven't, you know, I in no way do I think they are a legit contender or anything. But this is not going to be an easy game in Seattle, you know, cross country. Uh, shifted to Monday night, so you get an extra day, you know, to have a little bit of a break when they flex that schedule. I know that's not good for you know everyone covering that game out in Seattle or all the fans, but you know maybe good for the Eagles to get that extra day of you know rest. Uh, this game, you know, personnel wise, uh, it's go- it's going to be tough, you know, for this defense. We talked about the concerns with Sean Desai and how, yeah, he's been employing his personnel and the injuries they've had on the back end and how they're struggling at linebacker right now and all the different, you know issues they've had getting after the quarterback. And you think, you know, there would be an opportunity because Seattle, um, not they don't have the best offensive line in the world. You, th- you figured they'd be able to get after Geno Smith, but they better, you know, get after him because the wide receivers, uh, we saw DK Metcalf against Dallas. And look, he's been inconsistent over the last year or two. I don't think people view him in the same light they did maybe two or three years ago. Uh, a little longer, I guess, yeah, like three or four years ago when the Eagles played him in that wild card game, you know, at the link when he – when he caught the pass over Marcus Absol, and he was considered one of the best young wide receivers in the game. I don't know if he's viewed in that same light anymore, but he's still physically, you know, intimidating, and he's 
he's, he's he could take over games though because he still has enough talent to do that. Tyler Lockett is a veteran that's been in this league for a long, long, long time. He can line up on the outside. He can line up on the inside. Like they got a ton of pieces uh, offensively. They got two running backs, like Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet. Like they could put up points. We saw them do that. They put up thirty-five in Dallas. The Eagles couldn't score a touchdown against the Cowboys. And like I get every week is different, but this offense from Seattle, even with you know. Even with Drew Lockett quarterback last week, they showed a little something, you know, against the Niners. They they played better against the Niners than the Eagles did. So I I don't think this is a guarantee win at all. And even when we first you know did this, Chris, right? I think like four weeks ago, you picked Seattle, and you're like in in your predictions down the line of maybe one of these games that they could lose. It is a trap game, and it still is. Uh, defensively. I, or offensively, they have to get right in this game as well. And it's not going to be easy just from the things that we've seen over the last few weeks. It just hasn't looked very good. I don't think Seattle's pass rush is that great. I mean, they have some good pieces. Boy, Mafe can get after the quarterback. Uh, they signed Draymond Jones in the offseason. Obviously, they got a leader like Bobby Wagner, rookie corner Devin Witherspoon. So it's not going to be easy. But there's going to be some opportunities there against that defense to, you know, to put up some points and get right. And they better do it fast. I think this is going to be a really, 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 really tough game. And you don't want to go on a three-game losing streak. Uh, I know you got the Giants twice and the Cardinals, so you can still recover. But you you possibly lose an edge in the NFC East. Uh, you lose out. You get really behind for the one seed with San Francisco playing Arizona this weekend. You, you better find a way to win this game. And right now, it's hard to say that it's a definite You know, at this point. Yeah, I think when you look at good points by you, I think when you look at this this team now and you see what where they're at and what the what the so I'll say it again, same 49ers, as the Seahawks brings to them, I look at it, it's it's a tough matchup. It's gonna come down to who has the better big three. Is it gonna be AJ Smith, Devontae AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard versus Jackson Smith and J Bud, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett? And when you look at that right now, I, I got to lean towards Seattle a little bit. I think the way they're the Jackson Smith and Jigbug's way, he's starting to emerge a little bit. You know, we mentioned earlier beforehand saying DK Metcalf, you know, he's been consistent, but we know how he's gotten this team. Like he's been a pest and a thorn in his team side since he's been in the, entered the league. I remember that 2019 game and, and you look at 2020 and the, the, the fight that he almost had with Slay. And that was, I mean, it was a fight. It wasn't almost a fight. It was a fight. The fight that he had with Slay on the field as well, too. You see that stuff. It's crazy. The only thing I see it being a difference, and I think and it's going to be interesting to see, especially it's going to be, there's an 80% chance of rain during that game. So we're probably going to see rain during that game is that Seattle turns the ball over a lot. And I believe this was, and yeah, in eight of their last nine games, they've had at least one turnover. And you look at the way, even if Geno Smith comes back and he's healthy for his elbow, he's still coming back from there. This team, this Eagles defense has had issues turning the ball over. Like fumble, creating fumbles, they've, they've done a decent, they've done an okay job with that. But the interceptions, they haven't done that. And that's the, to me, that's the biggest way, the, the, their biggest chance of of winning this game. And you can say, oh, Seattle's used to playing in the rain or being where they are and stuff like that. I just look at that as the best way, but the best way to win. The problem is, though, you got the Eagles team coming off three fumbles themselves with Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, and Jalen Hurts. So it's not comfortable. It's not a, if, I, if I'm the Eagles, I'm not feeling comfortable. And add to the fact they haven't beaten them in a long time, I believe it was since the 2008 season. It's not shaping up very well to, to go with what was about to happen. So with that, I say we go into our predictions here. Caden, what, what's your prediction for this game? 
Yeah, it's tough, right? Like you just mentioned, it's not going to be easy to happen. I Like I mentioned before, Seattle is better than their 6-7 and seven record indicates. So they still have a ton of talent. Um, you have to respect what Pete Carroll has done in this league, and this team is really in the playoff mix with Green Bay and Minnesota and all those other wildcard teams, the Rams. Like, they really need this game as well. But, you know, I remember, you know, a point Bob made earlier in this podcast, and it's a good point. Nick Sirianni, you know, just to practice full pads on Thursday. We've seen him be able to rally this team before, and it's been a long time since they've struggled like this. So it was all the way back to his rookie year as a head coach in 2021, had the whole flower speech and stuff like that, but things really turned around. They still are a better roster on paper, and they have still more talent than the Seahawks team at nearly every position. You could wide receiver, you, you know, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. You could argue better than you know, D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Jalen Hurts better than Geno Smith. Dallas Goddard is better than Noah Fant and Colby Parkinson. Like, they got a better offensive line. The defense, you know, you, you can make some arguments, but the defensive line, you know, is still – a lot better. Like they have, you know, more talent overall. And you think eventually, you know, it will click. And this is the game where it has to happen because of the four games that you have left, I like, I I don't care if you beat the Giants twice and if you beat the Cardinals, it's not going to really prove anything to me. And that's no disrespect to, you know, the Tommy DeVito and the family and all, you know, all that in Arizona. Uh, It's just, those teams aren't, you know, quality playoff teams, even if the Giants somehow sneak in. Seattle has a chance to be that. This is your last chance to prove that everything's okay. That, you know, that these two last two losses has to do more with the fact that you, you weren't rested. Those teams got 10 days of rest. Like it was just a lot. You needed to change up something. So the padded practice, having a few more days, an extra day of rest, this is your last chance to prove that these all, you know, these issues aren't going to linger into the playoffs. And it's going to be tough to do, but I think they will do it. This game is going to be really, really, really close. It's going to come down to slim margins. It will revert back to, you know, those games against Kansas City and Buffalo where it's going to be really tight. But offensively, I, I, they're not going to fumble three times again. And Dallas Goddard back for another week. Uh, will really help things, you know, in the passing game. I, I think from that perspective, it will improve. Uh, Jalen Hurts, in my opinion, is going to have a big game. I, I know he's a lot of criticism around his play recently, and to be fair, he hasn't been playing well. But this seems like a game he'll bounce back in, make enough plays. Will it be a convincing win? I, I don't think so. But the Eagles are going to win 24-21 in Seattle. What about you, Bob? What do you think? Yeah, you know, you, if you if you look at the Seahawks, it is going to be a tough game. I mean, they, they've lost six games, but here's here's who they've lost to. The, losing at home to the Rams on opening day was a bad loss. But, so they followed that up with a win at Detroit is a great win. Um, they're lost, they, they lost at Cincinnati when Joe Burrow was still healthy. No, no disgrace there. The 49ers uh, lost to the Bengals at home with Joe Burrow. Uh, and then they lost to the Ravens, got killed by the Ravens at Baltimore. No sin in that. Uh, lost to the Rams at, in L.A. Uh, the Rams are a respectable team, not a great team. But then it, it's the 49ers, Cowboys, 49ers have been the last three losses. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting that the two teams, uh, you know, have gotten beat up by uh, the same two same two teams, and now they come 
both come into a must-win game. So that part of it is very interesting. Uh, the thing about the Seahawks, though, is uh, you know I you know I think their defense is even worse than the Eagles' defense. I really do. I think it can be exploited. I think the Eagles have the weapons to exploit it. They've allowed, you know in that stretch of stretch of five, they allowed 500 yards to the Ravens, uh, who I, I don't think are a great offense. Uh, but I can see Jalen Hurts doing some serious damage against the Seahawks, and uh, and I. I, I think the, the Eagles are going to show up here and, and win this game 28 to 28 to 20. Nice. Okay. I got that. Uh, here we go. 20 to 20. Perfect. All right. I'm looking at this right now and I, I, I look at this. I don't know where this team goes from here. I think we're seriously looking at a potentially a third straight loss. I look at the way they're up going to a place where the crowd is where, where, where you have a, a, a Seattle has a big home field advantage. You have to worry about the way the crowd noise, how that's going to affect the edge of the line. You know they have the checks when it comes to the silent count, but you still worry about that. I still worry about how the secondary, how they're going to be able to stop stop those three. They're three Seattle wide receivers and Noah Fan as well, too, the tight end. And it's one, it's just, to me, it just shapes up. like I, Until this team proves to me that they can and do it consistently, they can stop somebody on third down, and hold them and keep them out the red zone. I uh, even going unless until those last three games against the Giants and the Cardinals, I I, I just can't figure. I'm I'm going to stick with my original prediction here. I think the Eagles lose in Seattle, twenty four to twenty, and I, I think this and part of where it's going to be raining, but I think the sky is going to be falling in Philadelphia, and there's people a lot of people are going to be questioning what's going to happen. So yeah, that's a great way to end the podcast, I guess. <laughs> guys, on that one, you are uh, you the have... you are the Grinch. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow, jeez, Almighty! <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I just look at this team right now, and, and I'm just I just there's so many questions that I have right now. I think the offense can get better first. I think the offense can fix themselves more quicker quicker than they can the defense can. It's just I just have so many questions about this type of defensive scheme and. Oh, it's that. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> hey, guys, finally, you guys have anything you guys want to plug? Uh, no, no, Christmas 10 days away. I love Christmas. Great time of year. Yeah. I'm yeah. not the Grinch. Chris is the Grinch. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Chris, Chris oh. you should, twist, you should uh, change your Twitter bio you know, to the Grinch. You know, the <laughs> they'll, they'll know you as that, you know, for uh, Eagles fans who get, get you a nickname. Oh God, no! Nah, I'm I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like living right now. I like this right now. I'm underrated. I'm trying to tell. I'm just trying to tell it like it is from from my view. I'm sorry. I'm, I, 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 I just something to think about. Is, is the Grinch Kelly Green? You I know? guess. Yeah, I think he is. Right. Yeah, I think it's he a, is too. <laughs> but the, but there's so many issues. I I can go on like 30 minutes about what's wrong with the Grinch and all that stuff. I, I got issues like yeah, we better, I don't we, slide we, on we better, Let me stop better, before I get it. We better stop. There's only there's only 10 days shopping days left till Christmas. And, and I want to keep this podcast rated clean before we go to explicit or, P, or PG 13 or whatever. So I'm going to stop on that end right there, guys. Uh, make sure to once again check check our uh, stuff on NJ.com/slash/Eagles. So for Bob for Caden. I'm Chris. Everybody have a good one.